You're listening to G4D, Grounds for Discussion, a weekly music podcast hosted by your two most caffeinated hosts, Adam and John. So sit back, relax, pour yourself a cup of coffee, and enjoy the following episode. Excited to try this. Take a take a quick little uh, sniff here. Mm. Oh, it just smells so good. It smells like uh, Fruit Loops. Oh, good. Cheers. Cheers, sir. Let's see. Mm. Mm. Oh, not yeah. too bad. Not too shabby. It's 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 been a while since we've had this. Yeah, it's a little bit of a JP's classical brew. Mm mm. Cereal killer. Tastes <sighs> like Saturday morning. You know, they're watching cartoons. Yeah, it tastes cereal. like sugary syrup water. It's yeah. great. But it works. It yeah. really works as a cold brew. I like it. Made here in Orlando. Go check them out. They've got their uh, stuff at Lucky's, right? Yeah, that's where I saw JP, actually. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, we ran into each other. I was like, that beard looks familiar. And I'm looking <laughs> at him stocking the bottles of his face. <laughs> yeah, they got good stuff. I I really wanted to get the um, the maple hazel is my favorite, personally. But mm. Carrie was like, let's try the serial killer one. I'm like, all right, let's do it. Oh, every, everything in theirs is good. Yeah. Everything. And then they do seasonal cold brews as well. <sighs> really on the rise, and I couldn't be happier for those guys. They really deserve it. Yeah, and we're going to try to get them on. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. We're going to do that pretty soon. I'm very excited about that. Yeah, it'll be a good time. Yeah, it'll be a real, real good time. But between now and then, <clears throat> I think we can have a good time today because we're back with two albums on another episode of G4D. AKA ground for discussion. Sorry, I keep on mixing it up there. I know you're singing. I know the cold brew's got you singing. Oh, it does. It's already hitting me. I had a cup of coffee earlier in the day, and now having the second one. Oh boy. Yeah, it's my look sec- out, world. This is my second one too. Yeah, this is. Um, it's, yeah. A, it's a two coffee kind of day. Yeah, my maybe my leg even is three. Be jittering. Maybe in three at some point. Well, my co-host, who's going to be really wired by the end of today, is Adam. Hello. And my other co-host here, who will hopefully also be wired, is John. Wired and <clears throat> probably very anxious. <laughs> mm. It's a curse and a blessing all at the same time. Mm, I love that little rattle noise of the uh, ice. It just adds something to it. And our you know? G4D mugs. Ah, yes. How cute these are. By Muddy Pup Pottery. That's right. Katie made these beautiful handcrafted mugs for us. They are gorgeous. Absolutely love them. I, I really, I think the thing that I love the most about these mugs is the attention to detail, like the texture around the G4D. Yeah, it's cool. It's like a solid black mug, and in the middle, there's like a indented circle. Kind of looks like the moon from a Mystery Science Theater 3000, if you will, with a G4D etched in there. Don't you have a uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000 mug? I that, do. Yeah. Yeah, I backed it on Kickstarter. So oh. as, a, as a reward, that was one of the things I got. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, th- I thought you describing that sounded <clears throat> familiar. Yeah. The new season's very good. Okay. That's, that's good to hear. And that's not an April Fool's joke, right? No. We don't do that shenanigans here. Yeah. No, absolutely we not. We tell it like it is here on yeah. G4D. I hate April Fool's Day. That's so dumb. There are so many things that have already come out within the past couple of hours that are just out of control. It, and by out of the control, we mean all the brands that participate 
And then yeah. Oh, my name's Target. We decided to change our emblem to a square. <laughs> Wait, is that really what they did? I don't know. I'm sure if they've done it. Uh, yeah, it, uh, mm. Honestly, I could believe it. I could see them doing that. Yeah, no, it's even gotten so bad. Now there are articles that like aren't even necessarily like over the top, but are like, you know, you, you could believe. Yeah. And it's like, is that are being it, passed off? If anything gets jokes. announced today, it's just like, is today really the best day to do it? Like, no. Even if it is like true. I mean, I I do appreciate what was it Microsoft saying that they banned all April Fool's pranks. I, I think that's pretty cool. Nice. Yeah, yeah. We're we're not messing around here. We mm. we don't mess around on this podcast. No, we are very professional, very very professional, and we never do anything childish or silly. No, right? no. Get that silliness out of here. <laughs> So we're so professional that we're going to hop right into our very first review of American Football with their latest album, American Football. <laughs> LP3, if you will. Yes, LP3 in uh, parentheses. You know, not to be confused with their first album, American Football. Yeah. Or their second album, American, American Fo- Football. And of course, following it up with American Football. <laughs> For those of you who don't know American Football, a.k.a not true emo fans or don't go on the internet and look at memes very often. They are a group based out of Chicago, Illinois, I believe. Yes, sir. They are. That is correct. And they are kind of the forefronters and pioneers of a lot of emo music and genres. Um, A lot of alternate tunings in their songs. Most of them switch pretty much every song, especially on LP2. They kind of have a very melodic guitar playing style with some very sad intelligent thought out kind of lyrics kind of like a dream pop-esque kind of stuff but yeah they put out their recent lp2 a couple years ago and it kind of not really was a carbon copy of lp1 but a lot of similar themes and ideals and now they are back with lp3 and kind of taking it to a whole new level with a very different type of sound but similar kind of style and aesthetic so john what did you think of lp3 so, I have to preface some preface something here. I did not listen to the second LP. Okay. First one, Love, which yes. came out in what nineteen ninety nine. Yep. Yeah. Um. I I was a little bit late on them. I was listening to a lot different music <laughs> at that yeah, point in time. Yeah. Totally. And coming into this, you know, not having those you know feelings towards LP two like you do, I kind of was just ready like to come with may with it you know it's like just 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 give me something good you know like this isn't really the type of genre of music that i listen to at all anymore like i can't remember the last time i really listened to an emo band mm-hmm. at all and i gotta say listening to this gave me chills right it gave me chills in ways that i wasn't expecting it was giving me what chills in ways of like emotions that were being brought out of me that i really wasn't expecting there were definitely a lot of things that i identified with Mm -hmm. on this album and then there were just there was just a beauty to it it's just i don't know the cover really captures perfectly what you're going to experience on this album it looks like it's a a sunrise or sunset Yeah, it's like a dream-esque kind of sunrise and also to the last two albums uh feature a a famous house yeah, and it kind of comes synonymous with all their memes and stuff. So it's definitely a tonal stylistic shift into this new dream pop-esque 
and the album cover kind of transitions into that. Yeah, the, you hit it right on the head. This is a new transition for them. Like this is a new dawn, if you will. Mm. Uh, but it really just takes them in a new direction, I think. Yeah. And one that I just absolutely love. I know, right? Oh, it's so good. This is just really beautiful at points. I was just really enamored with it, and I kept on coming back to it again and again, just really being enveloped by the music that I was listening to. Yeah. It's definitely got a lot of like moments where it just draws you in and kind of engulfs you in this world that it's creating. And not that the other albums didn't do that, but they were kind of more straightforward emo rock albums, you know, with a lot of cool guitar licks and fast paced kind of drum beats and stuff. But this one kind of just sucks you into this like new sound and style. And it's like a welcome one too, because I think the disappointment with LP2 kind of came in like, you know, they hadn't released an album in, what was it like? They, so LP2 came out in 2016. So that's 2014? 2016. Oh, I th- oh, I thought, oh, they returned in, two th- sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they came back with LP2 in 2016. That's right. So. They returned in 2014, like playing as a band, but then they came out with the album in 2016. Yeah. My mistake. No, you're good. Um, And there wasn't really a lot of change in style, you know, compared to LP1 and Maybe there are some good songs here and there, but not as memorable or iconic. But this one kind of ups that game even more three years later. And it's just like something clicked and a maturity level thing happened and they wanted to experience and try a different sound. And I think it worked a lot. In interviews, they had talked about, you know, we can't make the same kind of music that we were 20 years ago. Exactly. And I really appreciate them acknowledging that not only in interviews, but in the music itself. This is very much realizing like, okay, you're an adult now and you have different challenges that lie ahead. I really like the songs where he mentions being a father. Like I definitely identify with that quite a bit Mm -hmm. and kind of the expectations that come with that and the struggles of, you know, knowing what your own father was like and, you know, all the sins of the father and good stuff like that and trying to be better than that, but feeling like you're still falling into those trappings anyway. And there's definitely a lot of dad rock elements to this album. Yes. Especially on um probably one of my favorite songs too, Uncomfortably Numb. Even yes. though, you know, it's of course a, the parody of, you know, Comfortably Numb. and But the way they like parody it is actually really good and it's very catchy too. I agree. It it could have been a slippery slope, but they do it in a way where it's like, it's not like, oh, hey, it's a Pink Floyd reference. It's like, Get you know it? what they're parodying, but it's like, it's tastefully done because yes. it's not similar to the other song in like the instrumentals. It's very, it's a more fast paced kind of song and the steady tempo and doesn't really drag down like the other one does. Plus it features Haley Williams of Paramore on there too. Yeah. And I they love... talked about making that song like a conversation and I think that really comes across. Yeah. I love all the features on this, on this album and you know, they really haven't explored a lot of features Mm-mm. with other singers. So I really like the styles, you know, with Haley Williams, uh, Elizabeth Howell, and Rachel Goswell on the songs that they're on. I think the other song that I really, really like on this is Doom in Full Bloom. I, I, again, there's just some kind of sense of emotion that I really identify with on this. Like, being an adult and as you get older 
and all the things that change, you really realize like a lot of the stuff that you complained about when you were younger was really pointless in the yeah. grand scheme of things. But you're also kind of nostalgic for it as well. And I think the guitar parts in Doom and Full Bloom are just some of my favorite guitar parts on this album. And I really like that the the they I don't I don't know if they let them kind of like float is the right word but they're like the focal point of the song and they really center it around those elements and thus really take their time with it to really give you a great to to me I love songs that can be over 5 minutes long this one's about 7 minutes long and you're just to my earlier point you're just really enveloped by it yeah i think we can kind of jump into our final thoughts here <clears throat> excuse me yeah, if, if you are an American football fan, this will be right up your alley. I think the change in the sound is still the core of who they are, but they get to explore something completely new. I also feel like, too, it has a lot of like Death Cab for Cutie vibes. I got a lot of that kind of style from it, so if you're a fan of old Death Cab, I think you'll really, really like this. And it's just a good example, and you know, just to say that this band really pioneered the emo movement, and they keep on exploring something new within that genre and can expand upon themselves so i'm going to give this a own it i am right there with you on the own it it's great to see them recognizing that hey we're not the same people that we were 20 years ago but that's okay and to your point like that's what true pioneers do they don't look at getting older and things changing as like oh well you know we got to keep on putting out the same music as we always did because that's what people expect. It's like, no, we have to change. You have to adapt and you have to continually grow and try new things. And that's one of the things that I really appreciate about this. They don't lose the core of who they are. This isn't something radically different, but it's so them. And it's so like it, it, it the best the best thing that I can equate it to is that it feels like a nice warm blanket yeah. in a way. And it, it yeah. definitely, there's definitely a feeling of an, you know comfort in it. Yeah. And there's a line later on in Mind to Miss, one of the later songs, I should say. It opens up with, I miss you like a past life. That just perfectly encapsulates mm. this band right here. And you hear that line, and if you're a fan of this band, you're just like, man, they just that's it that's that's what makes these guys special and what separates them from other people in this genre and there's a reason why they've been able to stay the test of time last the the, uh, test of time i should say definitely so yeah it just there's something there i think this is a perfect example of a morning album you gotta listen to this in the morning if you're driving on the highway even better. LP1 is a night album. LP3 is a morning album. Yes, it is. Because there's a new dawn. There's new things ahead. They're mm-hmm. looking forward. And I think they look forward while keeping things interesting. Yeah. Perfect. That was good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I could. I, yeah, this this might end up being one of my favorites of the year. It's so good. It just it just sucks you in in yeah. a good way. I, I I'm definitely gonna be coming back to this one a lot. I was I was coming back to it earlier before recording this. Yeah. I was just like, man, I I just really love this. And I bought it on vinyl too, and it's got a really nice warmness to it. Oh, I bet. Yeah. 
I bet. I bet. <laughs> the warmness. It does. It, it it feels. It's a very warm kind of sound. No, I, I know. I'm not. I'm not laughing at you. That's just kind of like the stereotypical thing people say about I vinyl. I know, but it's just one of those things, you know. <laughs> Anyways. Oh All right. Boy. So for our second album, we are going to be reviewing an album from Karen O and Danger Mouse. The album called Lux Prima. So for those of you who do not know, Karen O was, or maybe still is, I think they're just kind of on indefinite hiatus. She was the lead singer of... <laughs> The yeah, yeah, yes. And Danger Mouse, who kind of really busted out into the scene doing a mashup album of Jay-Z's uh, Black Album and the Beatles' White Album, has really become like one of those kind of steadily working with like, you know, indie acts. He's working of. with those indie acts that have just transitioned to bigger labels and kind yes. of really fine. So he started, I think the Black Keys was one of the first rock bands he really did right yeah i think so, so he too. kind of made their attack s- and release yeah so he kind of made their sound a little bigger a little larger a little less garagey um he worked last year with parquet courts on wide awake which ended up being my favorite album of the year he's worked with um what's his name from the shins oh, i'm like james honest. mercer yes thank yeah. you uh doing a couple albums called broken bells broken bells yeah and I, I think he has i think when he lets the band kind of do what they do best and adds in little elements here and there i think it works yeah and now karen o has kind of just been kind of laying low for a while she did appear on that karen o laying low (laughs) i did not intend to do that she did appear on that one um parquet courts and daniel uh loopy album that came out was not last year but the year before yeah and Really, since then, you know, she's been kind of doing some guest appearances here and there. But this is like her first full-blown album uh, in a while. Yeah, I think the last thing on. she really did was that immigrant song with "Girl for the Dragon Tattoo." Yeah, yeah, which which is an excellent cover. That's when people talk about like quality covers. I would put that one up there. I, like I think that, that one one's good because she's got the vocal range for it. Oh, easily. And this is kind of an album that I think that could really fly under the radar of people, and. I kind of appreciate what they are going with this. Adam, my question is, did you appreciate it as well? I appreciated certain elements of it. I think, honestly, I feel like Danger Mouse had a lot more input than I wanted him to. And I feel like Karen O doesn't really get to shine as much. And I feel like there's just a lot of, like, cliches on this album, especially in the lyrics department, that, like, definitely needed another tuning or finer adjustment well you bring up a good point because she had said in interviews that or rather she said in an interview on beats one that there was no roadmap for this album whatsoever Mm. and it definitely sounds like it yeah it definitely sounds like "Eh, let's try a couple demos put them together here's the sound i'm going for yeah it's it's not like she still doesn't have it no she she still has it but i feel like she does better if she worked harder on it. Like read hearing that just kind of like, Oh, there was really no roadmap. It's just like, it's like those albums with like Les Claypool and like Sean Lennon. It's like, <laughs> they just kind of get together and whatever comes out, comes out kind of thing. Yeah. It's like, that's good. But like, I think without a roadmap, danger mouse doesn't really have much to go on unless you give it to him. Like 
Parquet Courts album, for instance, right? I'm sure he had suggestions for them, but they were probably like, here's how we do things. Here's how we want it to sound and do. This is what we envision it like. I think if you have a roadmap and a plan, then mm-hmm. it works. Yeah, I I think she's still kind of easing her way back into things. That's how I took it. Also, too, yeah, it doesn't really sound like, not that she didn't want to record this album, no. but like it was just more like, yeah, I haven't done something in a while, and this could be fun. Yeah, I, I think this is maybe leading up to something bigger down the line. I think this is like, you know, hey, I've enjoyed working with you in the past. You know, let's let's get together and spend a couple of weeks working on an album. Yeah. You know, sometimes that happens with a producer and artist and maybe get gold or maybe just get something that just kind of seems like, all right, I'm most likely to hear something like this while shopping at Banana Republic. <laughs> right. Like, doesn't that isn't that what it sounds like? Because there's <laughs> there's not a lot of edge to this. Like it's very safe for yes. Karen Owen. I feel like there's so many things she could have done. It's like it's disappointing from that aspect of, you know, I expected a lot more guitar things maybe. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that Stephen Malkmus album we talked about. Like, There's a lot of 90s R&B dance kind of stuff in this. Yeah, like the problem is th- they don't focus on what they do good mm-hmm. to make it into an album. Like yeah. it's okay to do a little experimentation here and there, but like, I don't know. I feel like if they don't stick with their core things that make them who they are, it's hard to get into this one yeah and i think you know it's from danger mouse's perspective he's not pushing himself either and i think you bring up a good point because i think that probably parquet chords was as involved in the production aspect of the album as they were you know playing and singing on the album i i I just get the sense that there was more of an involvement from them in the creative aspects. Danger Mouse is very good at creating an environment that gives a band a larger-than-life presence of sound. Yes. And it's very apparent on Black Keys records that he's done. But I feel like this does have like that epicness, but if there's no substance within the sounds of that epicness, it kind of falls flat. And with him, you always just risk the losing of your edge. And when you start doing that with artists, like I feel like he's kind of done that with Black Keys, when things become a little too polished, yeah, they become a little less crunchy and a little less like you know authentic, and the you know the guitar or like the real like bombastic bombastic elements of music. And that's why the Parquet Courts album worked so well. If anything, he amplified their edginess. Like he would probably be really good at producing a dance album. I think hmm. that'd be interesting. Like, yeah. I, I don't dislike Danger Mouse at all. I don't want to give off that perception whatsoever. And, you know, he's he no, he's but you consistent gotta, with what he does. Yeah. You just got to know how to use them to the fullest of his abilities to make you sound better. Yeah. There definitely needed to be a direction on this. Now, there is one track that I thought was definitely a standout here. Actually, two standouts um, was Turn the Light and Woman. Now, Woman, to your earlier point, is kind of a little bit of a cliche. However, that's where I felt like Karen O was really into it. And it was like, okay, the things that you've loved about her past music are shining through on this song. Mm-hmm. Like, that's her, like, coming through and, like, really giving it her all. Not, again, not that she doesn't put any effort into this album. That song just sticks out because it's like, all right, she's 
kicking it up a notch. Yeah, she, and I think we can probably jump in our final thoughts here. I feel like as a whole album, it doesn't really work. There's tracks on here that are good when she's giving it full effort and when Danger Mouse is giving it full effort, but it felt, honestly, it felt more like an experiment for a Danger Mouse album than Karen O. She just kind of happened to do like vocals for it. I think some of the lyrics are just a little too cliche for me, especially just coming from her. I feel mm-hmm. like there wasn't a lot of focus on it and it, it kind of suffers from that. So as far as a rating, I'm thinking like a, like a higher level of stream it. There's definitely good aspects of it to check out, but I don't know if I'm going to come back to it anytime soon. Danger Mouse's version of experimental is not experimental enough. I guarantee you, if you were talking to him face to face right now, he would talk about like, oh yeah, we were trying all these new and different things. But I kind of feel like... I can't tell what's new and different though. Exactly. There, there really is not that much different from what he normally does. I think he's kind of now at a point from a producing aspect where he needs to become more open to other types of music and really kind of propel himself forward. I don't think that this is a guy who's really putting out albums now that are radically different from the albums that he put out with the Black Keys and that first Broken Bells album and all that stuff. That stuff was good for that time. I don't think he should be making that anymore. I think it's really time for him to kind of like put a new coat of paint on his process here because it's getting a bit rusty and it as great as it is to have Karen o not just doing guest appearances or appearing on a few tracks and actually have a full album with her that there's no real sense of like punk or rock and roll on this album and i get it that's not the intention but i mean how can you have someone like her and not take advantage of that? Mm-hmm. On those couple of tracks that they do, you're seeing glimpses of what you want from her. The problem is, is that it does not sustain throughout the whole album. And that's why for me, it's definitely a stream it. Look at that. Yep. Seeing eye to eye. Yep, yep. It's, it's been a while, actually. You know, <sighs> no, we, right? we, for a while, they were kind of disagreeing on stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know it, it happens it's good it's, it's all good it's that's why we're all about the discussion yay discussion mm. even let me know my coffee's like empty already. oh i know i know mine too mine too but before we go you have something that you want to bring up oh i sure do uh local musician one of my close friends jordan esker and the hundred percent have released a new single called my own miserable along with a cool animated anime style music video so if you go on youtube and type in my own miserable jordan esker and the 100 you can find it on there and you can find jordan on spotify facebook instagram all that fun stuff so definitely go check it out if you want some good local music good stuff man good good stuff we've got a lot more artists to cover so i know we've been kind of lagging behind we apologize folks things have been crazy for us <laughs> to say the lives. least <laughs> yeah but <laughs> so I got an exciting move coming up, so we'll have a new recording space, which will be really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, looking forward to more fun stuff. Moving from one apartment to another apartment. Yay. <laughs> hey, it's all good. It's all good. Very, very excited. 
then you'll finally put up all those music posters that yes. you've been buying. Yes, <laughs> once I need to go to Michael's and <laughs> I need to take like an inventory and get my tape measure and measure every single poster that I have, and they will go on a wall. You're gonna buy like two hundred dollars worth of poster frames. Probably. There. <laughs> I, I'm 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 waiting for it. Yeah. Long overdue. Yeah, but it'll look good. It'll look good. Yeah, I'm excited. Plus, you have a lot of vials in general to check out. I know. I'm like almost running out of space. I need like another unit soon. And I have an idea. I'm not going to give it away to people, but I have an idea for what we can do for an upcoming album to kind of hype things up. Oh, I have a feeling Ooh. I know what album this is. Mm-hmm. And mm. I think you'll like this idea too. Are we going to record it on a weekend? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, we will catch you next time on another episode of G4D, a.k.a. Grounds for Discussion. Bye. Caffeine-induced antics on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the username G4D underscore podcast. Drop us a line at G4Dpodcast at gmail.com if you have any music suggestions, general questions, or business inquiries. You can find our podcast on iTunes, and John and I would super appreciate if you rated and subscribed to our show. May your cup and heart always be full of coffee, good music, and cliche motivational ending sentences. Thanks.